probably won't be the most entertaining debate tonight, but we'll be the most productive one. That I can guarantee. Ira, Jersey, take it away. And in some ways, maybe more important. Welcome to <laughs> League One Fun. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. We're sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. I'm Ira Jersey. And of course, that voice you heard to start us off was Jason. Jason, I have an apology to make. Last week, we spent so much time on max points per game or max points for the season. And, and I, had a, I had an error. I kept on thinking we were playing 18 matches. Mm. I forgot that, that Toronto 2 was not in the league anymore. Mm. At least mm-hmm. for this season. The <laughs> so finance guy would a mistake. This is what, y'all, this is what you, the economy depends on. This is what we're doing. <laughs> Mm. Well, it was uh, it was an honest mistake, and uh, I, I caught it as soon as I re-listened to the show, and I was like, "That doesn't sound right." Um, so it's what happens when you do these things late at night, you know, because you want you being on the West Coast and everything. Oh wow! Know? So it's an apology, but it's also kind of a place blame <laughs> on Jason. Got it. That's my favorite type of apology. My exes were great at that; they were the best at it. It's all good. Um, so a little bit of news, and, and Jason, if you have any news, chime in. But um, I, I think we could start maybe with, uh, in case you haven't noticed, you could check it out on social media and on all of the various uh, interwebs, wherever you are. But the USL, the USL Black Players Alliance announced that they're having a partnership with Activote, which is a nonpartisan organization increasing voter um, uh, throughout, uh, the nation, state and local elections. Um, so Jason, you know, good, you know, the elections, some people can vote. I mean, you can certainly need to register to vote right now, you know, as soon as you hear this and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone will go out and do that. So a, um, you know, good effort, right. Always to, to, you know, like, and it's, it's not just about presidential voting, voting in general. Like if you want, if you want, police defunding or if you want certain laws changed, if you feel that police shouldn't be allowed to uh, announce themselves in plain clothing one time and then break into a house and start shooting randomly or start shooting into a building without entering it and without having gun fired at them first, then this is the opportunity for you to go out and vote in the people who are going to make those law changes. Um, agreed. So, I mean, if you don't vote, you shouldn't complain, really, because we elect the uh, government that, um, that that we have. Um, Mostly, but yeah. <laughs> well, Theoretically, yeah. We, yeah but We yeah. can discuss the Electoral College another day. Um, <laughs> South Georgia Tormentis. This is going to be a debate, people. What do you, what yeah, you, exactly, what do you think? Exactly. So, it's not really a debate because <laughs> I, I, have, I have opinions on that, too. Um, South Georgia Tormenta is teaming up with the American Red Cross to raise money for disaster relief. So good on them. You know, I like yeah. a lot of the stuff um, that South Georgia Tormenta is doing, right? Helping raise money for their local NAACP, now helping the Red Cross with some disaster relief. Um, yep. You know, their off-the-field stuff is top-notch for sure. And, and, and I think you've seen – Greenville's done the same, Fort Madison's done the same, Richmond does the same. Like, it's one of those things to where this is where I really enjoy covering local lower league soccer because this is the difference that's made in the community, right? You Living in Atlanta, Atlanta United was the thing to go to and the thing for entertainment, right? But it wasn't one of those things to where I didn't see Pity and Barco helping pass out food at homeless shelters near me or, or donating a check to organizations near me. This right. is where you get to interact with the players. Paint, this is where you- Or paint, paintings and art right. off, yeah. 
Exactly. This is this is where you get to interact with the players, learn about them personally. And this is why like I, I'll save the rant about people who obsessed over Premier League and stuff. But it's just like, why would you throw away <laughs> hundreds of dollars to a team that doesn't even know you exist or care that you exist when in your community you have players who are growing with this city, helping the city out and learning to love this city and representing you and that city. So I know I, that's what I enjoy the most about covering local soccer and hopefully sometimes it'll, it'll click in somebody's head that uh, ha- has an excuse as to why, oh, well, it's not on the, – the level of play is not on par or whatever excuse yeah, it's like, Yeah, and the level of play, we have to say, when you watch the matches this week, a lot of them, you can't say the level of play is bad by any stretch Listen, of the this is a bangers-only league, so I, <laughs> all you have to do – I'm sure at the end of the year, someone in USL Digital will put together a highlight reel of all the goals, and I'm – bet you if you put that along the lines with any of the other top leagues it's good it's not going to be too far apart like this is an entertaining league i i wholeheartedly agree um so one last thing i wanted to mention so assuming we have a gold cup next year um along with the olympics and everything else that is supposed to happen next summer with uh, uh the gold cup the u.s men's national team will be playing canada and martinique and then the winner of play in group seven for uh for it so that that canada u.s u.s match is gonna be uh it's gonna be something imagine if we see i mean we're gonna get like polisic versus you know like well not not even that even like you look at the tf2 players that played last year there's a bunch of them playing for the national team you got okello you've got possibly a, a perusa now that might make the bench since he's playing with uh san antonio and scoring and so you never know what's going to happen but it'll be really cool if there is a possibility to see some some usl league one players within uh the gold cup well i think well there definitely i think will be on some of the uh some of the playing teams Uh, i think it's almost inevitable just because there's such a smattering of players from all over the place certainly the championship is going to be like gold cup is going to be filled of championship players and Mm -hmm. and uh so, you know, USL will be well represented, I think, one way or the other at the Gold Cup next year. Um, disappointed not to see Bermuda back in the Gold Cup, but well, I guess they could well, still get the, it. They're in the, oh, they're in the play-ins, yeah. and they're, they're a team to watch. Bermuda yeah. is a team to watch, and uh, and uh, Curacao are my two teams to where yeah. I'm like, y- y'all got to watch out for them. I I agree. I mean, they, they, they could be the spoilers in any of these groups probably. Yep. Yeah, and I'm sure the U.S. is not happy about having the Canada (laughs) in their group. That was probably the worst case scenario for them. Um, And then one other news I wanted to to shout out before we go into the matches was I wanted to um, shout out Coach Eric Quill, who just welcomed his fourth child yesterday. Congratulations, uh, Coach. Congratulations, Coach. I see you are building a whole new academy team. uh, (laughs) That's going to be the future North Texas team. You're not slick, but congratulations. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Um, All right, so shall we we start reviewing matches with the – first match now i have to admit jason i can only talk about the goals in many of these matches because i only watched three of them all the way through and in fact one of them that's i watched fine. almost I, twice I, through yeah that's fine i mean we'll we'll get through like for instance ford is twice on here so we don't have to talk about you know the one game but we can talk about the other or you know stuff like that yeah we'll yeah right. I, I mean it's worth it's worth maybe noting wednesday right as we were uh, finishing our recording the uh fc tucson kicked off against forward madison fc tucson wins this one two to one uh mm-hmm. there were goals from uh from Oliveira, uh, uh then paulo jr and and cone i mean 
you, just you know what's, what's worth mentioning is that Ford Madison couldn't finish a one question survey. I've never seen a team have so many chances and not be able to finish them in my life. It was absolutely incredible. 21 shots, 10 on target. Knight had nine saves. Now, a couple of those were really like catches. They weren't right. you know, hard, but, but he made oh, a yeah, couple he, of really he, did, he was the man of the match. He did. Yeah. He did. He, he got that win for Tucson. But at the same time, it was like watching that. And just like, oh, come on, they got to at least tie this game. And the fact they didn't was, I was surprised. They also had, uh, and, and uh, Trimmingham, when uh, when he, he got the assist on Paolo Jr.'s goal, and he really should get uh, all of the points for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. He dribbled past three. Uh, I feel like, I feel, and, see, Fords, when, if you're a Ford and you stop a center back's goal, like if you tap it in when it was already going in, or if you are the reason that the, the center back doesn't get a goal, you, you automatically are treating for dinner for the whole week. Cause yeah. that's, that's so wrong. <laughs> I agree. Um, and Liotti seemed to have a great game here. At least he got on yeah. the score sheet twice, right? He had a, well, he got on score sheet once, but he basically got what would have been a, the quote unquote MLS assist, right. uh, the second assist for the first goal where he actually back healed the ball to Silva oh, yeah, who, yeah. Uh, who just squared the ball. But, you know, that was one where Liotti did all the work and, and, you know, Silva and Oliveira got on the score sheet. Um, so, and, and then, and then Cone's, uh, Cone's goal for the last goal was, was pretty. I mean, that was, you know, you know, you say bangers only, right? So yeah. you turn around left footed shot far post. Um, very, uh, very, very nice goal. Um, so he, here's an interesting stat for this game too you know i i didn't watch it so i am only looking at the stats but um shots on target for fc tucson two there are only two shots on target where there are two goals today's theme is going to be efficiency so we're <laughs> going to talk about that because all the games this week a lot of it came down to efficiency and it seemed like there were a lot of games to where you had a team that only put up a certain amount of shots, but they scored on them and they finished their chances and others just consistently, whether it was shot the ball or cross the ball and it didn't result to anything. Yeah, they were, I, I haven't added them all up, but there had to be 200 crosses this week. I mean, oh, he, abs- I mean, yeah, I mean, there were so many yeah. crosses in some of these games and we're about to talk like, about one of them. Omaha too. had about 87 by themselves. <laughs> so yeah, It was something like that. It was like 38 or something. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Um, fr- Friday night, an important match. Uh, Greenville Triumph um, beat uh, North Texas one uh, nil. North Ooh. Texas did not have a shot on goal. Listen, that I, that's an impressive win. That is, yeah, I mean, the defensive how defensively strong Greenville continues to be is just yep. absolutely amazing against the you know North Texas team that was starting to click a little bit. Yep, and then had Ricardo Pepe come back right. That was the game I think he he came he started in. So that's right. Yeah, he and started, and then Ronaldo Damas subbed in for him in the mm-hmm. second half. What I was a little surprised about in this game was I would have liked to have seen Damas and Pepe on the the field look at the same time. Look at us having the same notes. I literally have. I was confused why Roberts was playing so high and like so it's one of those things to where yeah he he started high but he eventually was in the midfield pretty much the whole game and was involved more than anybody else he was involved in 20 duels won 11 but I really would have liked to see him positioned in the midfield to begin with and then have a Pepe Damas you know striker duo up top because then that allows for more spacing whereas Thomas only has one outlet and Pepe who's waiting 
And I don't know. I just felt like it would have been it would have been a lot better to have Damus and Pepe in together. Yeah, I wasn't sure why. I, I, that's similar to to what I was thinking too. Like, why wasn't Damus like on the right where he played so much last year, right. and, and and then put Pepe in the middle, and then Arturo Rodriguez on the left? Because Arturo looked okay at moments in this game, although he still doesn't seem to be kind of gelling with the other and, guy. And that that has, I think, that has to do with yeah, like not practicing with the team when he was playing in USL. It was. Maybe he he played maybe like twenty minutes one game and then he start the next and then sub out so it wasn't consistent playing time and so I think for a lot of these players it, it's it's trying to get into a groove when they really haven't had that practice so yeah and so you know interestingly I don't know if this was again by by choice or not but it seemed to me that North Texas was happy to give the ball to Greenville and I think that was part of their tactic yeah uh, knowing that Greenville is so dangerous on the counter. Um, you know, North Texas was trying to counter press Greenville a lot of the time. And, and it just, quite frankly, just didn't work. Um, yeah. you know. I mean, they had their chances. Like, like Alvarez did a great job getting up on the right-hand side. Him and Colin Smith did a really good job of kind of picking and choosing who went up, uh, you know, who would stay back. And Alvarez had a lot of great chances, great crosses. It just didn't result to anything when you've got Lee and Fricky back there clearing everything. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's North Texas' sixth home game this year, and it's their fifth shutout in six home games. That's crazy. There's they have eight clean sheets, and they have twice as many as any team in the league. Like yeah, their defense, Greenville, is, yeah, yeah, at Greenville. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. This is yeah. yeah, but that that's that's wild. That's absolutely yeah. crazy. They played eleven games, eleven games, eight clean sheets, right? Yep, and I mean, and but the, the home thing too, right? Like for that to be for the, for only one game to have had. A, a goal scored on you at home is crazy, and it's a uh, it's a fortress. I mean, when when they they say you have to make your home a fortress, you know, John Harks and his team clearly make that a priority. But I thought this game was won in the middle of the field. Um, I thought that Walker and uh, Pilato did an amazing job. You know, pretty much not allowing North Texas to get that groove. So if North Texas was going to give them the ball. That Greenville said, okay, fine. And then as soon as North Texas did have their counter chances, Walker and Noah combined had seven interceptions. North yeah. Texas as a team only had 12. Yeah, uh, 20, 26 tackles for Greenville compared to 14. That was that was all in the midfield. I think Noah and Aaron Walker did a did a really great job. And especially, listen, Noah Pilato, again, we got to make some kind of trophy for him. The 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 dirty work player of the year, the the not getting the credit he deserves. I mean, he won eight of his the unsung nine hero duels. award. Man. Yeah, there you go. Eight of his nine duels, five tackles. He was fouled three times, didn't foul anybody, which against North Texas, I don't know how you play in the midfield against North Texas and not foul anybody. And then three interceptions, and most importantly, never lost the ball. And North Texas lives off of you losing the ball and having Arturo and them start passing and widening the field. So I thought Noah Pilato played uh, amazing this game. Yeah, Pilato, we always seem to mention every single game. And it's yeah. not, you know, again, he's one of those guys who doesn't get on the score sheet, but, you know, he plays as that kind of number eight or, you know, maybe he's a six. I mean, it's, you know, it's all very fluid. But uh, but at the end of the day, he's a defensive midfielder who, you know, stops things and starts attacks, right? And that's um, that's always what he does. I mean, it's, it's not dissimilar to a few other players that we talk about pretty regularly as well. You know, guys like Eric Leonard, who, you know, we, we can talk about again this week for the first time in a while. Uh, he's not playing center back anymore. Thank you. Yeah. Um, gotta, give, gotta give him a trophy and then just dirty it up. 
Yeah. Just, just getting gritty, <laughs> maybe rugged. It just, maybe it should just be like dried mud or something like that, like in a yeah. form of a trophy. Like so. Yeah, he um, just, I think he's having an outstanding year. So I was a little worried about when I was watching this game, because um, I did watch it live, and it, we were – you know, saying, you know, is there going to be a goal? Like Greenville had a couple of dangerous chances, but yes. they weren't always, but, but it seemed like, you know, Avales made a great save. Um, yeah. You know, they, Evans, I mean, um, unfortunately yeah. before he got hurt, because I think it was because of his stretch out to where Morel yeah. read the play, uh, you know, perfectly stole the ball, beat the keeper. And then as he went to shoot, Breck slid, which then, made out or made morell hesitate to shoot and then all of a sudden he lost the angle um but i think after i think that's what caused you know Brett yeah, to, Brett to get him, yeah. yeah but yeah so like you said there were opportunities but yeah. i mean avalez made a great double save I mean, that was probably the best chance of the game for oh, greenville absolutely. until the goal um the ball came in uh, ball came in from the uh fr- from the left um and uh jake keegan gets a gets a head on it and it uh, avalez just gets a fingertip on it hits off the post drops and then was it mclean i think it was mclean uh collects the ball in the six yard box shoots and uh and then avalez gets his arm his left arm up and just swats the ball away um right at the whistle for for halftime so you know that that was that was a huge stop stop for Avalas. Um yeah. and save think, of the week, I, uh, I think. Um, that's who I voted for. Oh, yeah. save that's of the week. easily the save uh, of the week. Yeah. And and that's not, I mean, there were a lot of great yeah. saves this week, but that's that's definitely it. Yeah. So um so the goal did finally come in the 86th minute. So Jason, before we get into the kind of the goal and where the ball went, there were two potential foul calls in the build up to this play, in the build up to this goal. First yeah, McLean jumped over <laughs> Alvarez and then Chloe's undercut. I don't didn't see who it was for for North Texas. I couldn't tell who 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 it was. Um, it it might have been uh, well. Well, I don't even remember who was in the game because there were so many subs. But uh, but Chloe's undercut someone. And you know, do you think either of these were fouls? I mean, it, the referee was only within like five yards of each uh, of each play, looking right at it and decided. Yeah. No. So I think that second one where it was it looked like so they're go, it's 50 50 for the ball right and then you've got close and he kind of he he does that thing to where you act like you're going to jump for the ball and instead you duck and so now you right. the other guy jumps over you the yeah. other guy yeah by the bottom of his legs and so a lot of times the refs call that and so i kind of expected it to be a foul but instead it wasn't they get the ball wide to morell and morell shows why he is my mvp uh, yeah. of, of the league and he puts in a beautiful cross and then they get the one goal that they need right greenville's winning every game 1-0 so as soon as they get the goal you can go and celebrate if you're a greenville fan because yeah. that's probably game 100 yeah 100 i mean at, at i think at the end of the day um they didn't need to you know it, it just just a draw in this game would have been fine for greenville but obviously mm-hmm. no now with three points it gives them a lot more options oh, yeah. We'll talk about when we talk about who they're going to be playing in the next week's yeah. match. Um, so yeah, and and I agree. I mean, Morel has made this team, and and you know, like Otero Rodriguez was the clear MVP last year. I would argue, yeah, there's a one or two other people in the conversation, but right. I think Morel, especially if Greenville wins, that he he yeah. I think has to be the yeah. match. And and you know, j- just let me say that. Um, you know, Justin Che was the uh, um, was a defender on Jake Keegan, and he just was half a step too slow to to close yeah. down Keegan. And and you know, 
Keegan is a good enough striker that you, you know that half step is just all that he needs. I mean, listen, it's it's you pretty much have to play as perfect of a game as you can when it comes to Greenville because not only do they have these opportunities constantly knocking, right? It always seems like they get a, a little luck, right? When you get like a ball like that, which is a 50-50, could have been a foul and gets that. Or when you get like a deflection in the midfield and Morrell takes it one-on-one, like it just perfectly falls to him somehow or off the off the post and then perfectly falls to McLean. Like those things are happening. So you have to pretty much play almost a perfect game to beat Greenville. Yeah, and Dallas J, of course, gets the clean sheet without having to have made a save. <laughs> this was this was like, yeah, this was Dallas J is like the last game I gave y'all like three game saving saves. So I'm not expecting any of this. <laughs> y'all need to go ahead and take care of that. This is my break game. All right. Uh, the early game, and when I say early, I mean the before noon game on Saturday. <laughs> Listen, I said that I was not going to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this game. And uh, I didn't. But I did wake up at 6 a.m. to watch the second half. So <laughs> I Fair enough. Like that. All right. Um, well, anyway, Orlando City B uh, hosted New England Revolution 2. Orlando could not score. New England Revolution 2 did score. Uh, it was in the 46th minute. Justin Rennix um, uh, scored from an Orlando Sinclair assist. Um, there were a lot of shots in this game. There were 15 shots by Orlando, 18 shots by New England. Um, three and eight, uh, respectively. On yeah, target. I was going to say, not too many of them were on target. For, yeah, so, for so not a ton on target, particularly for for Orlando. Um, anyway, it, you know, I don't know. Orlando is still a mess. I mean, let me let me let me say two things. One, I want to pat myself. I didn't watch. On. I didn't watch this game, so you did. Okay. You, 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 I'm gonna say two things. One, I'm gonna pat myself on the back because I told you. Orlando Sinclair playing with another striker or playing wide is where he needs to be. And this was the game that showed it four chances created. He got the assist. He was more involved in duels than anybody else in the game. Three interceptions. This is the position of where he can showcase his skill set. And before that, when Rennix wasn't playing with them, right, it's hard to, to have that because, well, we need someone up top and he's probably their best option as a striker outside of Rennix. But now that Rennix is here and now that Rennix is consistently scoring, this is where Orlando Sinclair gets to shine. And also, I watched the New England Reds game the day after, and Busca, who has been terrible this year, like New England fans are, are tired of him. They're not well, they don't want to pay him all this money. He gets subbed in in like the last 10 minutes of the game, and he scores. He, he has a nice chip over the keeper. And I promise you, this man looked like he was about to cry. He was so ecstatic that he scored a goal <laughs> because he knows that he is on the thinnest of ice. And if Rennix keeps on scoring goals and keeps on getting in form, he's going to get called up, and then the depth chart's going to look a little different, I think. So, uh, but shout out to shout out to Orlando now, who's in that position. Shout out to Rennix and you know New England. Like I said, they they have the potential to be some uh, playoff spoilers and uh, just really getting on teams' nerves and dropping points. Now the other thing I want to say, I'm, and I'm sorry, but I, I have to say this. I don't because you didn't get to watch this. No. There was a certain player who played for OCB all of a sudden. The one uh, of the only two players that they brought back, Austin Amar, finally Austin. played. His first game for OCB this year. Now I don't even remember that name from last year. Did and, he, he didn't play last year either. Yeah, no, Austin Amar was their what probably their best player last year. I, and, I, I, I you know what OCB's games were not very <laughs> memorable, so you have to forgive me for not remembering. Yeah, but Austin Amar 
easily their best team. I was getting looks at the first team. Was not playing this year. Was not hurt. I've tried to dig around, see what was going on. I've literally had multiple people tell me that USL championship teams wanted him. And OCB said no. And it infuriated me because this, this kid is, is in his development stage, has a chance to play at a higher level. And instead of you not allowing him to go play when you're not even playing him on your team, you're saying no and you're denying him. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, or right. loan him. I so mean, I if you, even if you want to keep him, loan him for the season or something. I don't know what is going on in the locker room between him and the coach and whoever, but there's something you going on. earlier in the season, like in August yes. or something. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And this, and but, and so obviously now the USL championship deadline was last week. So all of a sudden the deadline ends and then you start playing him again. I don't know what OCB is doing, but I'm not like that. That's not cool. You are, you're messing up his prime development era and like allow him to play. And if it's not going to be with you, let it be with somebody else. Or if you're holding him for the first team, maybe they were thinking they could get more money from a championship team. Like it doesn't work that way. He's not even playing. So it's like, you're not, he's not, his stock's not going to go up by not playing. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what OCB is doing, but at least it was good to see him on the field. It's just a shame that it, it they're playing games and it came down to this. Well, we should move on to a game that actually was consequential um, because that one was not consequential to the table. Uh, forward Madison versus the Chattanooga Red Wolves. Um, this was, you know, again, once you got used to looking at all the lines once again, um, I thought this was a pretty good game. I mean, Chattanooga looked tired. Uh, they didn't yep. look as organized as they usually yep. are, particularly in the attack. Um, they, uh, you know, do you think that they were just tired from traveling? Oh, absolutely. To, uh, this is like, or? that was like their fifth game in like 15 days or something crazy like that. Like they're, they've had two double game weeks in a row. And I think like, if you include that Saturday beforehand, so yeah, they're exhausted and Ford got to play, you know, they played Wednesday, but it was one of those games that are where it was them dominating and just couldn't finish a ball if their life depended on it. So now they dominated this game, I thought. And instead, though, uh, the difference was uh, was Vang. Yeah. And- well, the different, difference was Vang and for the goal. I would say, though, that, that I think one of the biggest differences is the fact that you had your, I think, first choice center backs and Eric Leonard in yep. front. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, you know, Eric Leonard, when he when he's able to boss the midfield and he's able to, you know, even get up in the attack sometimes. So whether or not he's playing, you know, as as like a center defensive mid or as a just a box to box center mid, like it's one of those two, um, you know. But he makes things happen, and he's the guy who makes uh, who does, uh, you know, gets a lot of interceptions or mm-hmm. and just breaks up promising attacks. I, really I know you got, I know you got all giddy when you saw that back heel flick uh, oh. to Houston. <laughs> Well, and not only that, but also the uh, um, also we almost had an assist. I mean, and, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the t- yeah, in yeah. Like the, what was it? The fifth that. minute? It was early. Yeah, it was early. It was like the third or fourth minute. Yeah, and uh, it was super early. And um, the the other thing that I note about this game is because he came in as a substitute at halftime. I for- always forget how tall uh, Vocek is. Yeah, I mean this dude's a monster. I, yeah, I always he, forget how tall listen, he, is. he has looked better and better as Ford season has. I think he's finally finding his place and understanding the types of runs he he wants to make, how to get his spacing 
he's looked better and better. And it was honestly the reason why they scored the goal in this game, because it comes off of his header that goes off of the post and um, bang gets the rebound. But yeah, he's, he's been looking good. And uh, him coming off the bench was the difference. Yeah, I know. I agree. And um, I was a little bit, um, you know, I, I don't know on that goal since you just mentioned it. Um, it was a rebound goal, but, but what was Dietrich doing? Because Dietrich for Chattanooga, well, he was there. I thought he had position yep. on Paolo. Why didn't he kick it out for a corner? So, so my notes literally say I, I feel a little bad for Dietrich because I think what had happened was he sees Vang is next to him, and they're literally 50-50 on that rebound. Yeah. So he goes, okay, Vang's faster than me. I need to keep a track and make sure that I don't let him get ahead of me. And I think he was so focused on Vang and looking at the rebound, he doesn't notice the spin on the ball. So yeah. then he doesn't – so he overshoots it, and Vang athletically and makes a really crafty move to where he almost dead legs Dietrich, right? He acts like he's still going forward and then steps back – Dietrich keeps moving forward and now Vang has the space to shoot. And so I thought it was a really nice move by Vang and he read the spin on the ball better because he's not defending and doesn't have to worry about it. Whereas Dietrich is looking back and forth, trying to figure it out. And because of that overshot the the run and then Vang just finished it like he's done. Listen, Vang has started in six games, 60% of the goals that they've scored in those six games were either created or scored by him. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I mean, Vang is, Vang is really good. I mean, I, I'm sure forward Madison wishes that they kind of had him, you know, from the get go mm -hmm. and Tech was kind of in preseason and everyone mm -hmm. was ready because, you know, quite frankly, they, they're a very entertaining team when they, oh, yeah. when they play the way that they did. And um, had they won on Wednesday, like they were supposed to, we'd be talking about, you know, this. Yeah, they would be in the hunt. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, I mean, maybe with, you know, the, the, at this point it's, it's really Richmond's to lose. Right. Um, we can talk about that in a minute, but, um, Red Wolves had try attempted 12 crosses in this game, zero connected, zero, yeah. uh, crossing accuracy. All five key passes came from the left side for Chattanooga as well. So it was one of those things to where they kept trying. Um, I thought Josiah played a great game, um, stood out, was able to clear everything that went his way. Um, but yeah, I thought Ford did a good job of, I think Chattanooga had to do those crosses because Ford did a good job of keeping the pressure on them. It wasn't yeah. one of those things to where Ford gave them the ball and said, okay, you make something happen. Ford yeah, they were trying to keep it away from Eric Leonard in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Ford, Ford kept the attack going. Uh, Jiro subbed on and uh, had a game-saving tackle. Um, you know, they were very energetic, and it was, like you said, it was a complete difference. You had one team who was just exhausted and another team who was energetic. Do you think Wojciech subbed on at halftime as was a plan thing or, you yes. know, just to, like, manage minutes and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I was wondering why he didn't start. Um, Absolutely. Because so, I, was, I was wondering why they didn't do it the other way. Um, because when he came on, uh, you know, you know, firstly the, the goal was five minutes into the second half, but right. but even after that, like like you know, forward was dangerous, and Wojtek had a couple of other chances. Well, and um, I and I think that was the key, right? It was like, hey, let's keep the game close, and if we can go into zero zero at half, or even steal a goal and go up one zero, we got Vucic coming on, and we should be able to steal another goal. Right, for sure. Um, anything else about this match, Jason? Yeah. Um, I just think that uh, Ford, I, I really wish they won that Tucson game because then I feel like 
they it, it'd be a really fun finish but now i think we're at the point like you said it's, it's just richmond's to lose at this point yeah yeah they'd have 17 points they'd be right behind the red wolves with a game in hand yep um and they're not they're, they're just not quite there so um yeah we'll talk about that in a minute but i mean they still have an outside shot i mean it's a, they just you know richmond Richmond needs to basically All have apart, a bad right. run of form <laughs> in order for them not to make it. Uh, and in fact, the next match we were going to talk about was going to be Union Omaha hosting the Richmond Kickers. The Richmond Kickers get a late goal on behalf of friend of the show. He got the League One fun, the bump. League One fun bump, baby. <laughs> Ivan Magmahes gets a, gets a, a goal on a set piece from Riley Kraft in the seventy first minute. This was Omaha's third loss in a row. And the second at home. The last time that they've had a win was September 6th. It was five games ago against Orlando City B. Not great. How did uh, – so So the Owls had a bunch of chances in this match early, right? Elma and for another friend of the show, you know, he he wound up, um, you know, had three, four chances. Listen, if I'm a Vegas man. Like I'm betting on N4 scoring or putting one on goal in the first 10 minutes. It feels like every game in the first 10 minutes, he's always got a good chance of scoring. And it yeah, just is, is there some way I could bet that he scores with his head too that pays yes. out really well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got that's an overseas bookie thing. I got you though. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, you know what, what's weird is the last couple of games at um, uh, at at Omaha, um, they really did not do a great job pressing you know the, the, their press hasn't worked recently tired. Have teams, jason do you think it's that they're tired they're tired so here's here's what i think i think other teams have figured out how to play them and i think that richmond is was just an exemplar of this so what i saw was basically saying okay omaha wants to press us and we you know and and we as richmond Let's just give them the ball. Yeah, Let them play, here, right? right? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why Omaha, when Omaha was winning games, they had 50% or a little bit less possession. This game, they had 60% possession and, you know, 21 shots, four on target. Okay, great. Akira Fitzgerald had, a, had you know, a couple saves and everything, right? Yep. Had four saves in this game. But, you know, they didn't um, – you know, they, they had the ball, but but they couldn't get through Richmond. So well, Richmond stayed very defensively sound and and you know basically only allowed Omaha to take a lot of long shots, which were low pretty low probability. And a testament to that is Omaha with 34 crosses. There should be no reason why you're crossing the ball 34 times if you have some kind of offensive tactical plan. Like that's like no, I'm for real. Like yeah, if yeah, you I are agree. moving the ball well and you're able to get it into the middle or you're able to to cut through, like you should have through passes. There should be no way you're crossing the ball 34 well, times. And a lot of game. those crosses were actually from like kind of midfieldish, right? Because they were so so even then they were even more low probability, right? Because yeah. they're just farther away from goal. They're not whipped in crosses from the corner which have a much higher probability which is hard to do on a narrow pitch like uh like they have over in uh, uh over in Omaha. So the you know when when you think about the number of times in this game that you had you know Omaha tried to go fast and tried to go fast and Richmond was just like a wall break, you know yeah. breaking them down it was like you know waves breaking on rocks like eventually Richmond might have folded but you know, they were just really strong kind of granite or something like that. It was, it was Venter doing an amazing job of knocking out anything that came his way in the box. And then before his injury, Antley, Antley held down his side. 
he he had more tackles and interceptions on his side than anybody in the field. It was just he held it down. And so, yeah, I mean, like you said, I absolutely 100% agree. Richmond only two shots in the first half. Like they they were like, go ahead and tire yourselves out, and then we'll take it later and, yeah. and do what we need to do. And then they had nine in the second half, and, and yeah. most of them were on goal. Um, so, so interesting, you know, let's go into some trivia about this match. Um, the goalkeepers had 73 passes attempted in this game. <laughs> there were so many. They touched the ball so many times. It's such a short, small field. Akira Fitzgerald attempted 42 passes in this game. Yep. And, and uh, knew who 31. It was absolutely incredible. So, um, you know, a huge win for Richmond, quite frankly, because now they've kind of, you know, pardon the pun, but they've knocked the owls off their perch. And, wow. and be, or kicked them off their perch, I should say. And because of that, um, you know, uh, it's going to be another up, uphill road for Omaha too. Not, you know, not quite as bad, um, you know, not, not quite impossible, but, you know, next to the Red Wolves, the Red Wolves are probably the only team that has a realistic chance of catching Richmond at this point, And they need a bunch of wins coming up. I also think playing Richmond, you, you have to, like the way that Omaha, like like you said, Richmond gave Omaha the ball and said, "Have fun." You kind of have to. It, it's <laughs> I know it's set up for a boring game, but you might need to do the same to Richmond because, fun fact, Richmond's the most efficient team. Uh, most I should say the highest conversion shooting team in the league. They've taken the least amount of shots and they have the highest conversion shooting percentage. And I'm gonna say this with my my chest, Emiliano Terzaghi is the most dangerous man in USL League One, and it's not even close. He has taken 32 shots. I had to look this up because USL League One stats don't give you shots. He's taken 32 shots this year. 17 of them are on goal, and he had nine goals. He is scoring at almost one out of every three shots that he is taking. And if that Nuhu, is quite frankly, in this game, if Nuhu wasn't on his game, just Nuhu, about to say, yep. yeah, Nuhu save you know two or three easy from Trezor. So he had three shots in this game, and Nuhu had to have two uh, save of the week nominees to to even have a chance of saving them. And then here he goes. He scores one of his. Th- it's just it's incredible how dangerous like how it is. Like it would have been one of his three or two of his three. However, but you know our, our close and personal friend of the podcast, Ivan. You know he had to. He he took our challenge to Kyle Venter, and he said, "You know what? I am going to take. I am going to take the title belt from him." And he had to go and he had to score again. Yeah, and uh, so it was great service from Riley Craft. From uh, it was uh, a free kick from the right touch line near the right touch line about. 35 40 yards out from goal and uh you know riley craft to anyone who tall in the middle just seems to be a uh, a very good um a very good uh, scoring opportunities for richmond and, and he, he set up the set up the goal last week too i mean yeah. riley him and bullduck has really stepped up this season and i think both of us remember we were trying to talk about who's going to score who's going to be if emiliano is the one that's going to set him up who's like we didn't know what was going to happen and so craft and bullduck have really stepped up to be those ones to provide those chances yeah uh, good game. If you haven't seen it, I would say you know the three games basically that that I watched are all worth a watch. If you haven't watched yet, um, particularly um, I, I think the Madison Chattanooga and the and the Omaha Richmond matches they were they were quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, 
the last game of the week was uh, FC Tucson, and they scored one, and Fort Lauderdale Club Day Football scored two, um, including one. So, so what's amazing about this is that I really thought that Tucson was going to just eke out a win, and then um, the, the goals came in the 55th minute uh, on a penalty kick, so Mendez – uh, was taken down, but uh, t- took down Liotti in the box. Who was making a run? It was definitely a trip, no doubt about it. Godoy dislots home the PK. Um, the 58th minute, there was a PK shout where Fort Lauderdale could have could have tied it, but Knight made a made a pretty nice save. 87th minute. Do we want to talk about how good Sosa is again? It's, again, it's 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 crazy. It and the only so I thought this game was over when uh, the penalty kick was saved, right? I was like, okay, yeah, I that was their that was their chance. It's it's a wrap. And especially when watched, we talk, by the way, I only watched the second half of this game. Just so well, then know. that was perfect. <laughs> but uh, but it's, I knew the score. It's, that's why I watched. It's, it's, I think the karma of because Tucson had no business winning that game against Ford last week on the in Wednesday. <laughs> so I think this was karma coming back around the Tucson because. Fort Lauderdale had no business winning this game either. And it was just one of those things where Sosa just said, you know what? I feel like winning a game today. And just the last 10 minutes was insane. Well, we we've talked about the potency of Fort Lauderdale's attack. I mean, Fort Lauderdale is this year's Toronto too, right? Like, right. you know, they they have a very entertaining attack. They, they play attractive soccer. In this case, it was, it was a bit of a quick buildup. It wasn't like pass, 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 you know, cross score. Like they've done a number of times, you know, trying to get, uh, um, trying to get Lopez Espen, you know, up, up in the box. But in this case, it was a really quick buildup. Sosa gets the ball in the center circle, makes a really nice half turn under pressure. Mm-hmm. Too. Like that's what makes it most impressive. He's too good for this league. I was going to ask you like, you know, you know, does it get called up next year? Or does it get called Absolutely. up? You no, know, there's no way we're seeing him. In, in this league next year, because if my, if inner Miami doesn't call him up, USL championship teams are going to be like, look, we'll give you money for a loan at this point. Like, cause he, he's too good. Yeah. So Sosa uh, slips the ball in. It was a great, great through ball weighted perfectly because he waits it any harder and it winds up getting cleared. Um, but uh, Kisa Vetter just, you know, runs right onto it. Kisa Vetter does a nice job too, because he was yeah. under some pressure. Uh, I, another player that's too good for this league, but yeah. <laughs> So, so he made, uh, so he, you know, he had a great finish. So that was, uh, that was a tying goal. Um, and for Lauderdale kept the pressure up. Like, I don't know. Did, I mean, did Tucson just get tired? Like I, I didn't understand mm-hmm. how, how Tucson wasn't just clearing the ball upfield and, and just let Fort Lauderdale have the, uh, um, have the ball. So there's so a- in the, the fun. So in the second half, Liotti subs out. Somersault subs out in the 86th minute, right? Right before the goal in Oliviari subs out, right? So the people that come in are Darius Lewis, Vergen, and Firol, who don't play as much. Meanwhile, the people that came in for Fort Lauderdale were Sosa and Young and Valencia, who are more of the offensive players who have been playing all year. So I think it was a mixture of that, right? It was like, okay, we're going to put our more experienced offensive players in and keep pressuring while as Tucson were putting in people to try to just put some fresh legs out there, but weren't necessarily great for the scenario of saving that game. Well, if that was the the tactics that Jason Christ had, then good on him because 
the fact is it 100% worked. They kept the pressure up right until the very end. Uh, it's the the 90th plus three. They uh, Fort Lauderdale gets a corner kick. Uh, it's not cleared well at all by Tucson. And eventually Sosa finds himself with the ball right outside the 18 all by himself. He takes a shot across goal that hits the inside of the post and goes into the goes into the goal. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. So this it, was it, yeah, my favorite set. Of the week, by the way, yeah, yeah. I, like I don't understand. You've got Charlie Booth on the bench. Why do you not bring him in? Why do you not bring in Howe? It's a uh, like you said. It could be tiredness. It could be rotation. But I just think, like you said, Jason Christ got the right tactics and put in the right players when they needed to, and because of that, they were able to steal those points. Great. Uh, anything else with this match? Um, the second half was entertaining. I, I can't talk about the first half because I didn't see it. But yeah, listen, is Sosa played the whole year, right? Like, is Sosa Vang? There's a couple guys they played the whole year. I think we'd be having different discussions on this show right now. Yeah, and and quite frankly, in another year, if there were 28 matches, we would be you Absolutely. know yep. basically right. half, halfway through, right? And we'd be talking about, oh, these guys are getting in form, and maybe if Fort Lauderdale can clean up things in the back a little bit, they won't be losing thing games. I, I will say, if there was a full season, though. Uh, like, for instance, with MLS, Sosa would be called up this year. He wouldn't right. make it the whole year in this league because I think the whole point of him being down here is to get the he, – he's coming out. He's coming back from an injury, get the you know get his legs loose, make sure he can stay healthy, get in form, and I think he's ready. Yeah. I actually might make a starting 11 of players ready uh, to go to USL Championship or MLS because there's definitely a bunch of them. Yeah, so so the starting eleven of who moves up because yep. yeah I I can see some of that I mean we I mean we know a number of guys are certainly ready for championship um, some of them have been there and probably could still play there if they if they wanted to um all right points per game standings Greenville triumph at the top they could get up to forty points and I've double checked are you sure Ira are you sure that's what they could get up to <laughs> I have double checked my math Greenville triumph can get up to forty points they're on two point. Three three points per game. Richmond Kickers now at two points per game. Exactly, they've played ten games. They have two games in hand on the, on the Triumph. Even if they win both of them, they'll still be two points behind the Triumph. They can get a maximum of thirty eight points per game. So the Kickers are up there now. Here here's where the gap is. So that gap now is that the is down to the Chattanooga Red Wolves, which in points per game terms are in third, but they can only get thirty points max. And that's what kills them. And then you keep on going down and you're talking about 31, 32, 29. So this is why it's really the kickers to lose because they can give some points. So they're at the point now where they can rotate a couple of guys, like anyone who has a little knock or something when they're playing one of the teams that's a little bit lower in the table. If they play them, and even if they get a draw, that's fine for the kickers at this point because they're going to make the finals then. The question is how hard do they push to try and beat Greenville? Right. Like, you know, I mean, you talk to Sawatsky and he'll tell you that they're going to try and win every game. But is one, it's not necessary. And two, it's going to be hard to catch Greenville. Um, I don't think you try. I think like you I mean, and you look at your schedule, you've got New England, North Texas, South Georgia, Tormenta, Orlando City B in that final game against Chattanooga. And my whole tactic is to be up enough points to where that last game against Chattanooga is not going to determine anything. It doesn't matter. Guys can rest and then we'll have to go to Greenville Um, because these guys need rest. 
and I, I know like they keep proving me wrong. I keep saying it, but eventually these legs are going to get tired. Like there's, there hasn't been a lot of rotation. Um, I, you know, Terzaghi did play is been playing a little bit more in the midfield and they've been putting more guys up top. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's fine. It's just, it's just that I, I don't know if it's worth chasing Greenville who also has a very easy schedule to end the year and then be tired going into the championship rather than it is now to rotate some players and just make sure that you're fresh going into that championship. So, so we could talk about this. I mean, I think one of the things to do is maybe make earlier subs, right? So you go into a new England or you go into an OCB and, and like, especially new England at home, right? So you're at home. If you go up one or two, nothing at halftime, you know, sub a couple of the guys out, right? Like, like use the subs. we have yeah. five subs, yeah. use them. And, and just, you know, just, you know, don't, I'm not saying not to attack, but I'm saying, you know, get, you know, get those guys rest that need it. Um, so, so when we look at week 12, so we're up to week 12. Wow. It's only four weeks left here, Jason. Uh, Wednesday is uh, 8 PM Eastern daylight time is Fort Lauderdale club day. Football is hosting union Omaha. Um, if Omaha wants any chance of making the finals, they're going to have to get at least one, probably all three of these points. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough job to go to Fort Lauderdale and uh, get three points, just because Fort Lauderdale is is a pretty stingy team, especially at home. Um, I think they lost the Tormenta at home, and that's the only game this year that they lost at home. Yeah, uh, and, and then that Tucson one, which obviously they're going to lose because they played with nine men. So, but I, well, that was the first game of the season too, right? Or, or second, yeah, but yeah, whatever it was, yeah. But they have, uh, yeah, yeah, and they score a lot, right? So the thing is, like, some of those games are two-two and one-one, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah, I can see a draw in that game. Um, but Omaha is going to have to go all out, and they just look tired. So yeah, I haven't got, I haven't gotten the pick'em picks yet. Are we going to get? I don't, I don't know if we're doing them. This I haven't gotten them either. So if we we'll get them, get them Wednesday morning. Yeah. Um, as we're recording this, it's Tuesday night. Uh, so Friday, seven p.m. Greenville Triumph versus OCB. I mean, if that's a pick'em, you know what you're taking for your lock. Yeah, for sure. They're not, gonna, they're not giving us a, a softball like that. <laughs> Uh, Saturday at 6.30 p.m. So there's two matches at 6.30 p.m. Um, so which one of these do you watch, Jason? Do you uh, lie? Well, you'll you'll wind up doing two screens because you're a millennial can do all that. I'm, <laughs> I'm an old, so I can only watch one thing at a time. It's uh, 6.30 North Texas versus Fort Lauderdale. So Fort Lauderdale's second game in a week. They have to travel to Texas. And also at 6.30, the game that I'll be watching is the Richmond Kickers versus New England Revolution 2. Yeah, I think the 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 North Texas game will probably be more entertaining, but the Richmond game obviously is the more important one. And I think if Richmond is going to rest players, this is the game that they're going to want to win. Just say, okay, now we have a very good cushion where we can start subbing some players and getting some rest. So um, I think for because of the importance of the game, that's definitely the one to watch. Yep. And then uh, eight o'clock, also two matches at eight. It's uh, and then this one's a harder one. Uh, this one, this one's hard to, to pick. I, I think I know what I'm going to do. But at 8 p.m. is forward Madison versus FC Tucson. And uh, also at 8 p.m. is Union Omaha versus South Georgia. I'm, I'm likely to watch the Omaha South Georgia game. Uh, but I really think that Madison FC Tucson game could be pretty entertaining because the, the reverse fixture was was uh, was quite fun to watch. I hope it's not a pick them because that's a game I only want to pick once I see the lineups because I want to see if a Shaq Adams is playing. He hasn't been playing the past couple games and B if Amal Knight 
is playing at goal because apparently when Knight is the goalkeeper, Ford Madison can shoot the ball 80 million times, but they're not going to score. So that uh that'll be that'll play a role. You think Shaq Adams would be on your uh your, your yes, oh, a thousand percent. Uh, like yeah. it, the fact that he should he got drafted, I think, by Nashville in the in the MLS Super Draft, and so I remember him getting drafted and saying like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a slam dunk draft." He's, yeah, yeah. he's an MLS player, so the fact that he ended up here was was a blessing uh, <laughs> for Tucson. <laughs> yeah, good for him, and it's not alone, right? It's it, it, they actually. Yeah, I don't think he's alone. I think he's actually here. I don't think they end up signing him. And so we need more, we need more loans, um, quite frankly, like just the whole ecosystem of uh, U.S. soccer. So, uh, Jason, any did we get any questions this week? We didn't, but I just wanted to – I shouted out earlier, shout out to Jordan Peruza, who's playing for San Antonio now. Uh, they have been looking great, and then he comes in and scores two goals uh, immediately. He is there on loan, right? He's not, yes. yeah. So, yeah, TFC2 now. They have a couple. Uh, Eric Klonoski is at Tacoma. Uh, right. Perusa is in San Antonio. I think they have uh, a bunch of guys that played in uh, the Canadian League, like uh, Muhammad and them before that. And then they have two people in Europe right now uh, one in Denmark and one in Finland, I believe. Um, I to say Central New Jersey's own Eric Klonoski, by the way. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> It's good. It's, I love. I love that they're getting this exposure and yeah. they're still getting play. Um, and uh, hopefully they stay safe because you know they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to get sick because Canada had their stuff together and we did it. So <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right. Anything else today, Jason? Uh, sure. I. This is our first show of the season, by the way, in less than an hour. I know, right? We we we're being uh, well. It's I, I feel bad for you. I keep I'm keeping you up all night. I know you got a you got kids and virtual school and virtual breakfast and everything. So I, I you know I'm trying to trying to give you a break. Hey, hey, we're playing we're playing soccer. I mean, just so you got just so you know, um, our USL League Two team obviously hasn't started yet because that won't be till next summer. But there was uh, with with uh, NAIA, uh, NCAA Division Two and NCAA Division Three teams. Um, not playing this this fall, there were a lot of players locally who are um, going to school virtually who wanted to play this fall. So we actually put together a team, and we're actually we're playing in a uh, a local league against mostly other teams that are are made up of local um, local college teams. So we actually just played like the Rutgers Camden uh, team this past nice. weekend. Yeah. So you know, and these are guys that have played together. So we have we have guys from like eight different schools. We have twenty two guys, eight different schools, a couple who just graduated high school and aren't going to school. Um, just locally, like all guys from Central Jersey, so it's it's fun. You can watch us on MyKuju um, if if you're interested in, uh, in in just seeing some some soccer. And you know, a few of these guys we're thinking about for the first team, quite frankly. So you know, this is like a a nine game uh, a nine game trial for some of them. <laughs> uh, so before we end the show, I do have one question, and it's a oh. trivia question for you, since I know oh. you're a huge OCB watcher. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> or not <laughs> tell me which is more the amount of goals that ocb has scored or the amount of goals that greenville has conceded uh i'm gonna go with the number of goals ocb has scored they have scored seven and how do you how do you, how do you still feel about that greenville number 
Do you think they conceded less than seven? You know what? I should know this because I just did the uh, – um, I could cheat if I really wanted to. Um, I see your eyes wandering. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doing it because I, I took – I only have goal differential in my chart. <laughs> Dude, I know the goal differential is nine. So go ahead. Tell me. Tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. Greenville has only conceded six. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. I thought it was like six or seven. I thought it was gonna be a trick and they were the same, but yeah. <laughs> that's that's why, why would I do that to you? Why would uh, I do that to you? Well, because it's easy to embarrass me because I like being yeah. embarrassed. Anyway, uh before we ramble on and make this show an hour, Jason, where can people connect with you? At home sweet soccer. I can be found at Ira Jersey and you can connect with the show on Twitter at League One. That's League, the number one fun. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scars and Icarus FC. Jason, until next week, hashtag support local soccer. And stop picking the same things that I pick on the pickums. You're bad luck, man. You keep. I was winning until you started picking my picks. <laughs>